0: Otherwise. wise
1: This is Thomas Coyer,
0: and this is Sarah Kane,
1: and we'd like to welcome you to the HealthWise Report, the audio edition,
0: episode 28. We run an email mailing list, and we recently asked people on the list, what would they like us to talk about? The number one response that we got was that they'd like us to talk about EMF devices, devices that find a way to filter out the frequencies in the air, and I didn't realize it was this big, but there are hundreds.
1: Well, guess where, we saw it? guess where I saw it Push there. You'll never guess.
0: Where, Thomas?
1: Natural News. The most credible site of alternative medicine information <laughs> out there. Just ahead of CureZone, Earth Clinic, and several other fine sites.
0: Yeah. It seems like these EMF devices are like the only thing left that's being manufactured here in the U.S.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no.
0: Anyway, I want to read a few quotes on some of these websites because I had to go, and I find it incredible. You will, too, if I could just provide you with a couple of quotes. Here's one. The proprietary vibrational program in our handsome VitaPlex pendant is imprinted on a holographic circuit and permanently encased in sterling silver. Wow. So a holographic circuit is what? A circuit that doesn't exist?
1: It's a picture. A holographic picture. Yes. I looked at them and there's not even a hologram in there. I mean, because that would have, like, been more expensive to do that.
0: So produce a hologram?
1: I think it was just a picture, Sarah. Literally a stick figure.
0: This is not just one isolated company. Here's a completely different company. The plate employs sacred geometry, the principles of Feng Shui, an energized silicon dish, and and crystal catalyst technology.
1: Would you get me one of those?
0: It's a plate. That's what their special silicon dish is. It's a plate. What
1: was that, Feng Shui? What was that, Sarah?
0: The Principles of Feng Shui.
1: Wow, that sounds like some powerful stuff.
0: Yes. It was a plate with little crystals glued to it. And these companies assure people, don't do any testing. Here's the testing that you're supposed to do.
1: Don't test it. Okay. That's always telling, isn't it?
0: There's a more powerful way to test it, and you do muscle testing. Now, I'll tell you what muscle muscle testing
1: is. Yeah, please do.
0: It's when you, for instance, pick up a gallon of water, and you hold it as high as you can for as long as you can, you time it. And then you plug in your special device and do the same thing again. And the placebo effect will cause you to be able to be stronger the next time.
1: Because you want to believe that you'll be able to do it longer. Exactly. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And that is the sort of testing. Well, Thomas is over here grinning at me, like the cat that caught the canary. See, Thomas is an electronics expert. He went to school to study engineering, and he can fix just about anything that you throw at him electronically. So why don't you take this one, Thomas?
1: Well, you're doing so well with that. I wanted to, I wanted to hear more about the feng shu, or whatever it was, Sarah, <laughs> or the sacred holograms with the special geometry. You yeah. know, in school, I never learned about any of this stuff, so it was quite fascinating. I imagine. As Sarah told all of you, this is a hot topic. When we asked what people want us to cover, we got flooded with messages about Please, cover this. We were, like, really shocked. Shocked because we thought that this sort of thing wasn't really making inroads in alternative medicine. We didn't know that it had been. Surprisingly, this is a very popular topic. It's being pushed by certain websites like Natural News, so a lot of interest has been generated. So here we are on this topic. I can understand why people would be interested in this. We know radiation is bad radiation is terrible. And as our society becomes more technologically advanced, we're of course being surrounded by more and more technology, which means more and more electronics. That means more and more radiation. The topic of radiation is a very complex one, and I certainly don't want to start out throwing out a bunch of ridiculous formulas, like alphabet soup, to try to make anybody understand this. And quite frankly, it's not my forte. I'm not a radiation expert, but I do know the basics, and that's what's important. One thing that will help people understand what I'm about to present is to use an analogy. And a good analogy is light. Light itself is a form of electromagnetic energy. We don't think of it that way, but it is. It has all the same properties of other forms of radiant energy, including those of the electromagnetic scale. And it, in fact, is on the electromagnetic scale. Light is. Light, of course, radiates from its source. Whether it's the sun, the moon, a light bulb, fluorescent tube, energy-efficient lights now, whatever you have. It produces light, and that light travels in all directions out from its source, up until the point that it's blocked by something. Or up to the point that it dissipates from traveling too far. It it dilutes down, essentially. It spreads too much. Mm Mm-hmm to where it's no longer viewable and you'd need special equipment just to detect it. We all understand light. It's everywhere around us which is good because it'll help me make my point. Let's just say for example light were the problem instead of the radio wave style radiation that comes from most electronic devices. What would you do about it? Well there's not much you can really do about it. You can kill the power to it and therefore turn the light off or you can put something between you and the light to shield you from the light. But that's about it. And the same applies to other forms of radiation. If you wanted to stop light there is no such thing as an anti-light bulb. There's no device that you can plug in, screw in, whatever, that will vacuum the light out of the air for you to clean the environment of light. You can't do that. Once it's radiated out It's free-flowing, free-form, out there in the air, or wherever it's traveling. It's there. You can kill it at its source, shut it off, break it, whatever. You can shield yourself. But there is nothing that will actually pull it out of the air.
0: I think what people in part need to realize is that if the EMF device that they plug in or the plate that they turn on the right side actually worked, their cell phone wouldn't work.
2: That's
1: a very good point, Sarah. It's proof right in front of your face. If you had something that would disable all the radiation, your cell phones wouldn't work, half of your remotes wouldn't work, your wireless routers and switches and hubs would not work.
0: If you've got wireless internet coming in, either from one of these services like Cricket or just directly in your home, if that's how it's all wired up. Your is.
1: Wi-Fi stuff? Yeah. It wouldn't work. And that's just the point. A lot of you listening are going to be disappointed. We know that from some of the messages that we've received already. Because there's a lot of people selling these things, and there's a lot of people that want to believe that they'll work. If you have devices in your home, or your work, or wherever you are, that are putting off electromagnetic radiation, you can either turn them off, unplug them, or try to shield them in some way. But there's no way to stop the radiation otherwise. There's no device that will put up a special invisible force field to stop it. It's not feasible.
0: I've heard of some companies that will come in and line the walls with a type of metal to try and block the radiation. Uh-huh. And that could, in theory, be effective. But when it is, then you're still not going to have your cell phone and these other devices mm-hmm. working. It's like you can have one or the other.
1: Another point, Sarah, is that if you do shield yourself in metal yes. you know, all around your room, And then you ground that metal. That's important. You you need to ground it, too. If it's properly grounded, it will block the radiation coming in. But your radio won't work anymore. Yeah. And anything coming in won't work anymore. All the signals coming in contact with that grounded metal will drop off. It'll be absorbed by the Earth, because the Earth is this big electrically neutral thing that's also a semiconductor. The Earth will suck it up like a battery, basically and not let any out. I'd be very careful about that, sir, because if you coat your room down, walls, floor, and ceiling in steel and ground that, then your house suddenly becomes very, very attractive to lightning. Your house itself becomes a lightning rod at that point. So anyone out there who tries that, you better get a lightning rod in place. I mean, because otherwise, yeah. you're going to have a real wake-up call one night.
0: <laughs> but for most people, they're just wasting their money yeah. I did come across a National News article, too, and it said that you need about 20 EMF devices for the average home. Be aware that they average about $100 each. That's 20 I mean, it's just... What
1: is the deal there? Why aren't these people in prison? I mean, seriously, the people selling this, why aren't they in prison? Because it does absolutely nothing. Maybe it does something. Maybe it blinks or blips or makes little squeaky noises or high pitch.
0: Spins or, in some cases. Or,
1: or whatever it does so that people see it. Well, literally doing something and thinking, wow, look at all that radiation it's sucking up. But it's a total farce, and I know it's a farce because it's physically impossible. You talk to any electronics person or somebody who studied physics, what have you, you'll find it's not possible. You can't create a radiation vacuum. Plug it in and have it suck all the radiation up. I'm just sorry for those of you who contacted us inquiring about this, that we're all pumped up about this topic. We're sorry that you've been had. Yeah. And apparently there are a lot of people out there being hacked.
0: Yeah, I had no idea that it was as big as it as it well, is. The
1: thing is, is there's no, of course, there's no scientific evidence or studies to back it up. So what they use is fancy lingo.
0: And testimonials.
1: I wonder what percentage of those testimonials are written by the people selling them.
0: Well, they're just so over the top. Take this one. All as, right. As soon as I plugged just the first plug-in, a calm came over me. A sense of gentle well-being as tension just drained from my body.
1: You know what that could have been? The sacred geometry of that thing. (laughs) The holographic engram. Yeah, yeah. It makes me calm to think about, too.
0: It's kind of sad. In many cases, people are wasting thousands of dollars.
1: Well, I mean, is it when the radiation is absorbed out of the air that you become calm? It's the radiation that's stressing you out, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yes. Very stressful.
1: Stressful radiation, yeah.
0: I think this has become bigger with, over in Europe, these so-called smart boxes that are being installed in people's homes to try and monitor energy usage, and they apparently give off a lot of radiation. But this isn't the solution. The only way is to get rid of the smart box.
1: You're telling me that the device used to monitor dangerous radiation is itself putting off radiation.
0: Yes, it's apparently designed to monitor usage of energy as part of this whole green planet thing.
1: Well, we need to save the environment, Sarah, yeah. you know? Okay.
0: At the expense of people's health and headaches. The same sort of symptoms that we talked about when we are talking about these energy-efficient light bulbs, because it's that's the same what, thing. Well, yeah. that's the
1: problem. It's radiation.
0: Yes, and you have to just get rid of the light bulbs. Yeah, You can't do anything else.
1: If you want to decrease your radiation exposure, one of the best, surest ways to do that... And a big way is to get rid of these so-called energy-efficient light bulbs, the corkscrew ones. Yeah. Get them out. Replace them with whatever you have to use.
0: LEDs or incandescents are fine.
1: Whatever you can do, just get them out of your house, out of your business, as fast as you can. Something we've talked about, not only do the bulbs produce their own radiation, which is severe, and produce dangerous gases like mercury, so you don't want to bust one, but in addition to that, these bulbs actually inject a frequency back into the wiring, which means the entire building is pulsing radioactively. Radio waves are coming from every wire in the building as a result. we talk about a double whammy.
0: And for those who are researching this, they call it now dirty electricity. And that's what they're talking about, Mm -hmm. this whole pulsating thing that's going through the the Mm -hmm. whole wires of the house. If
1: they want to Google it, they can look that up, dirty electricity. Mm Mm-hmm. All I can say is I'm sorry for those of you who have bought into this whole thing, but there really is no way to absorb radiation out of the air. There's no such thing as a radiation vacuum. It's a total farce. A total fraud.
0: Xanthan gum is a thickening agent. It's said to be a natural one, which is why I think it's important that we cover it. I mean, there are a lot of additives that everyone knows are harmful, but this one is actually pushed as being natural and thus safe. In fact, it's pushed and sold at Whole Foods and these other health food stores. It's in all these different natural products. But it's kind of a line that can be drawn between what is natural and what is not, based upon its manufacturing. For instance, high footless corn syrup may have one time come from corn, but no reasonable person can possibly contend that high footless corn syrup is a natural product.
1: Well, there are a lot of people out there who have no clue just what's involved, how they mix it with the sulfuric acid and the ritual that they go through. It's Well, for those of you who haven't seen a documentary about it or read about it, it's probably worse than you imagine.
0: Yeah. I think King Corn was a really good documentary that covered yeah. that.
1: Yeah, we can plug that. That was a good one.
0: Yeah. Xanthan gum actually gets its name from the bacteria that's used in the fermentation process that's used to create it. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the bacteria. But think about that. This is a thickener, a natural thickener.
2: It's natural. Mm-hmm.
0: The bacteria that they use is responsible for causing that black rot that you see on green leafy vegetables, you know, like on spinach and kale.
1: What You mean when you leave it in your garbage for a week in the hot sun? Yeah. That and, stuff.
0: And it becomes kind of black, and if you left it much longer, it would be this, like, black goo. That mm. is where xanthan gum comes from, except for they take that bacteria, and then they mix it with sugar, and they let it ferment. And then they try and... So it
1: wasn't rotten and putrid enough. They had to sugar it and let it go further?
0: That's correct. That bacteria forms this slimy substance, which acts as a natural stabilizer. And thickener. And then they try and pasteurize it to try and kill the bacteria because of how harmful it would be.
1: Then they have to try to kill it so that it's safe for human consumption.
0: Yes, seriously. Mm -hmm. And then they put this into products as a thickening agent and pretend that it's natural. In fact, the manufacturer of Simply Thick, which was actually for infants, failed to properly pasteurize it once, resulting in the deaths of two infants and all these other major gastrointestinal problems and what I'm talking about is the lining of the intestines started being destroyed in this case that's kind of like parvo for a dog.
1: So it's like parvo for humans? Yeah. That actually killed people?
0: Exactly. It killed these infants in a truly horrific, horrible way. And that is what we're dealing with. And you all know exactly what country this is being made in. because well, no, no, that, no, no. What country, Sarah? Because it's only in countries like China that would allow this sort of manufacturing process to go on. We, we don't produce stuff like that here because... Here yeah, in this expensive. country, you have to have all these different vats. You have to have, everyone has to have a spacesuit. Over mm-hmm. in China, they can just get their slave children to do it. Yeah, the, they the, the 12-year-olds, precautions. right? The exactly. 12-year-olds making it. Yeah, and this is in ice creams. It's in yogurts. You know, some of those that are specially mm-hmm. sweetened and thickened because they remove the fat so it's not thick anymore.
1: That makes it healthy, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it's in some toothpaste mm-hmm. and salad dressings. It's everywhere.
1: Yeah, you see, they remove the fat and they put that in it because, you know, after all, they're concerned about making it healthy. Exactly. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? <laughs> yes. Yeah, because you know, you know how dangerous milk fat is, right? I mean, it's oh like gosh. it's like marijuana. I mean, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, milk fat. Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> and I just wanted to kind of cover that mm-hmm. because I just find it galling. I do when you have a company that says, "Hey, look at this new it's natural super healthy. product. Yeah, it's
1: all natural and healthy."
0: Uh huh. When it's gone through a process like that, it's like, for instance, how much work does it take? to get an oil out of corn, or, for instance, this slimy, sugary substance that is fructose corn syrup. Just think about it. Look at corn. What would you have to do to turn that into this thick syrup?
1: You'd have to have quite a chemistry laboratory, Sarah. That's what you would have to have.
2: Exactly.
1: <laughs> it's not like they... Some people may think it's like flaxseed. You put it in the big press and you squeeze the oil out. <laughs> you know, it, it's not like that at no.
0: all. It's just, it's not even an oily vegetable. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, really. It's kind of like that with sugar beets. They have to go through this long process with acids to get sugar out of sugar beets. It's not like, you know, with cane juice. They can just, just press it, it. And, and just, no, it's not like that. Mm-hmm. In fact, they can't even get good molasses out of beets, so they have to kind of mix and match out of both sugar cane and regular sugar just to get some brown sugar. All
1: well, the wonderful world of chemistry.
0: Yeah, and we can all brag about how natural it is. How natural it is, it is. Yes. when they're done. Some people experience indigestion often. Most people, when they do experience it, go out to a grocery store and get a pharmaceutical antacid, something to neutralize the stomach acid, because they believe there's too mm-hmm. much acid in the stomach and they need to compensate for that.
1: With some kind of alkaline. Exactly. And you know, for some people, it, that's not enough. They have reoccurring problems anyway, regardless. They keep having the indigestion, and so forth, they actually end up going to a doctor to get this high-powered prescription stuff, yeah. you know, when the stuff from the regular retailers just isn't enough.
0: Yeah. And there are other people in the alternative movement, even, who decide, I don't want to go the pharmaceutical route, but what I'll do is I'll take some baking soda, mm-hmm. and it, it will neutralize the yeah, stomach it, acid.
1: It's a very serious chronic problem out there. I mean, it's very pervasive.
0: Yes. The problem is that both of these approaches, alternative and mainstream, both miss the real problem, and that's that it's not that you have too much stomach acid. It's that you don't have enough. Because you have so little stomach acid, the stomach has to churn. Violently. Violently, which gives you this horrible sensation, just to make use of the acid that it does have.
1: You guys can probably remember back to your high school chemistry. You get a solution in which there's an acid. Let's just say you're using an acid, and you're going to dissolve something. You put a piece of metal or something in there to dissolve and combine. At a certain point, you get a saturation point. You can't dissolve it anymore because the acid solution is so like infused with the other material that you can't do anymore with it. it nothing happens. No, no reaction anymore. So what you have to do is you have to physically increase the saturation point by applying heat or shaking it violently or some other interaction with it to make it absorb more of that other thing, that metal or whatever is supposed to be dissolving. The same thing happens in the stomach. If the acid isn't adequate, then the body has to learn to compensate for that, to try to get it digested anyway, and it does that with physical force, this churning and grinding and stuff that the stomach does. Just like when it's really hungry, you know, your stomach churns. Well, if you're full of something that you can't digest because your acid isn't adequate, then your body has to compensate. And if it can't give it enough acid, or give it a strong enough acid, then it has to use physical force to try to force it to combine and dissolve even more.
2: Yeah.
0: Now, people, I imagine, are probably thinking, well, if this is true, if I just don't have enough acid, then why does the antacid, n- why does it work? Why does it get rid of this Yeah, sensation? how does it work? Well, when it works, it's working because it's mixing an alkaline substance with the hydrochloric acid that's in your stomach, and it's making it less acetic, which makes it burn less.
1: Your stomach is probably still moving somewhat. You're still having the same issues, but it doesn't hurt because the churning no longer shoots an acid up into your esophagus anymore that hurts. You see, the acid doesn't hurt in the stomach. Mm-hmm. The stomach is made for that acid. It's not a problem. The problem is is when it starts going up into the esophagus because there's too much physical force, the stomach's churning too violently.
0: It's so spluttering up.
1: It backs up into the esophagus, and then suddenly, bang, the pain kicks in. You feel the burning. That's why it's called heartburn. You literally are being burned on the inside by the acid. Your own body is being eaten up. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, of course it hurts. But as Sarah was saying, you neutralize that, and then it no longer hurts you. The acid doesn't burn you. But But it's not
0: really an acid anymore. It's
1: not really an acid anymore. And more importantly, it's not really digesting your food properly anymore. So in addition to not really solving the real problem, you end up with malnutrition as a result of chronic usage of antacids.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: If you have indigestion, one thing that you can do immediately to fix the problem and to demonstrate that what we're saying is actually true is you can drink a little bit of apple cider vinegar.
1: A lot of people who have never heard this before is going to think, this is crazy. <laughs> You've got heartburn, you're drinking vinegar? It sounds—it really does sound crazy, Sarah.
0: It does, but if you're willing to have a little faith.
1: Yeah, a little faith there. Uh, and we had a little bit and we tried it. Yes. And it indeed was Wors- Here's what's amazing, and you people aren't going to believe this until you try it, and you've got to try it. The next time you have heartburn, take some apple cider vinegar, about two tablespoons worth. is usually ample, maybe three, and if it bothers you, and it sometimes bothers us, you know, when drinking, because it's, it's kind of strong, you know, when you're drinking straight vinegar, mm-hmm. chug it with some water, chase it, follow it with some water, and you won't have any problem. And the most amazing part of it is, is how quickly it works. You take an antacid, and I haven't taken one in many, many years. But I remember what it's like. You take an antacid, and you wait between five to ten minutes for it to kick in. And often I'm belching the whole time because, of course, it mixes with the little bit of acid that is there and produces a gas. That's what happens. You know, you mix vinegar and baking soda, or any other acid base. You know, gas. any other alkaline acid mixture, you're going to get gas. Come on. So you're you're actually gassier. You may even be in more pain initially as soon as you take the antacids. And I I remember being there. I yeah. remember it. The thing about the apple cider vinegar is that there's no side effect. There's no gas. There's no belching. And it works like almost instantly. The tablets you take, the symptoms go away in like five minutes. You take vinegar, it's gone in like 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. And it really is like that. It's something we like to tell people about, the whole vinegar thing for when you have indigestion. because It makes people believers. You can do this, bang, it's over with, it goes away, you digest your food better. It's not just a matter of getting rid of the symptoms like it would be with the antacid tablets. You actually help digest your food better. You're giving your body a boost instead of hindering it. You're working with nature instead of against it, instead of fighting it. So you won't just immediately feel better. You'll actually feel better the rest of the day. And if you're one of those people out there who has indigestion constantly, you'll see it. There's no mistaking it. If you listen to us, you try it, you see for yourself, we've got you. You're our people. You'll know after that. <laughs> We're for real. Our medicine actually works. And yeah. Like this other stuff out there that just sort of suppresses the symptoms temporarily. Antacids make the problem worse. The symptoms may go away if you take them, but in the long term, you will have indigestion more often because of the way that it makes the body overall more acidic. It does two bad things. It makes the body overall acetic after neutralizing the stomach acid, which is just the opposite of what you want. In a healthy state, you should have a very acetic stomach, very alkaline body. The remainder of the body should be alkaline. Yeah. That's what a person has in ideal health.
0: Yeah, they have an inverse relationship.
1: Yeah, the stomach and the body have an inverse relationship. If you neutralize the acid in the stomach, the rest of the body becomes more acetic and you go into a state called acidosis one can cause the other if you eat the wrong foods take antacids and so forth you'll neutralize the acid in your stomach but make your body more acetic in the short term for that three hours or four hours that you're going through with your indigestion and so forth a little vinegar will help you make it through that period until you actually fix the problem and you do need to fix the problem because if you have a very acetic body chemistry If you just take antacids, or or heck, even if you just try to mask it with vinegar, you're going to have long-term problems because you still haven't fixed the diet. The moral here is eat your veggies. Yes. And I'm going to tell you, green beans don't count. Corn does not count. You need to get some spinach several times a week and some broccoli several times a week at bare minimum.
0: Yeah, the green it, drink on our website is a great way to get some
1: yeah, vegetables. Yeah, when we're too busy to, to do it right and pay attention to our meals, you know, how much veggies we're getting, we cheat with the green drink. And it's a good cheat because it works. It works really well. So look up the green drink if any of you people out there are like us, you just get too busy and so forth.
0: Yeah, I want to say something else on this topic too. Go ahead. For those who are taking antacids, and as we've said, you're neutralizing your stomach, pH, your stomach and acid pH, what that does is it stops your body from being able to digest food, which means that you can't digest the nutrients properly from the food. Mm-hmm. And because you're not getting those nutrients, that is also why you're going to get indigestion more often, because you need those minerals. Mm-hmm. You need your zinc and your magnesium and you need salt. These things produce the stomach acid. It's not like you take acid in. Your body produces those yeah. from its own minerals. Yeah.
1: If you look at the big picture here, Sarah, it's a matter of not eating right caused the problem in the first place. And then your solution to it is these antacids, which make it impossible for you to digest your food even further, causing even more nutritional issues. So it snowballs. And that's why there's so many people out there on this cycle where they're just popping these pills every day. It's pretty normal, actually.
0: Yeah. You know, Thomas, I was reading up about this recently, and there are some doctors who actually do a test when patients come into them with chronic indigestion Mm -hmm. to see if they have low or high stomach acid. Mm Mm-hmm. And nine times out of ten, they find out that they have low stomach acid. And so what do they do? They don't tell them to change their diet or take some supplement.
1: Or to try to increase their stomach acid.
0: What they give is a pill of hydrochloric acid. Oh, they have that? Yes.
1: I did not know.
0: They, They actually give people a pill of hydrochloric acid.
1: As opposed to changing the diet that caused the problem in the first place.
0: Yes, and they tell them to take this every meal. Well,
1: it's better than neutralizing it, isn't it? I mean, it, it is you better than neutralizing say that for it. it. Yes,
0: right? y- you can say that. It would work. It's just a very irresponsible, I think.
1: Uh, I would bet you money, Sarah, it has fluoride in it and other impurities and metals. Almost so. What do you want to bet? Yep. Does anybody out there want to take us up on that? You actually looked it up, didn't you, Sarah? The actual chemical breakdown that occurs here that causes it, right?
0: Yeah, well, the fact that the body needs certain things to produce it. It needs zinc, needs magnesium, and it needs salt.
1: Did somebody say vegetables? I think somebody just said vegetables, didn't they? Yes, they did. The green vegetables in particular.
0: Mm-hmm. Also, what plays a big role in the production of stomach acid are two of the B vitamins, vitamin B and vitamin 6. Vitamin mm-hmm. B is also known as niacin. It's often Ouch. labeled that.
1: doesn't bode well for our vegetarians, does it? No, it doesn't. So you need a little meat in there with it, too.
0: Yeah. You need a balanced diet, what can I say? A balanced diet? Who would have thought,
1: right? (laughs) Who would have thought?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, You get your bees usually from your meats, don't you?
0: Yes. And sometimes nuts, too. Especially cashews and walnuts. Peanuts, you don't really count.
1: Let me just throw out, for you people out there who are concerned about your health, which I imagine is most of you since you're listening to our show, cashews are the thing. I mean, they are a... Oh gosh, I'm going to sound like Mike, aren't I? Call them a superfood. But they are... (laughs) up there with some of the best of the best. Yeah. And they have certain compounds that suppress appetite and compounds that enhance mood. In addition to having just this incredibly broad mineral makeup, don't they? Yeah. They're like even better than like walnuts and what was the other one, pecans and so forth. They're just like the best snack. If you want to be healthy, in addition to maybe having some fruit on your desk or what have you, have some cashews. They are outstanding.
0: And they taste great, too.
1: And they taste good, too, yes. It's a win-win, isn't it?
0: It is. All right, I guess we should move on?
1: Sure, sir. Go ahead. What would you like to jump to
0: next? For those who still watch TV, they've probably seen commercials designed to terrorize people about whooping cough or pertussis and about how Mm -hmm. pregnant women need these vaccines. And Mm. anybody who's near children, essentially, Everyone needs a vaccine. Of course.
1: You want to be safe, don't you?
0: And we've had, you know, a couple of people mention, well, is this a good idea? Should I get it? You know, <laughs> uh, because they're scared. Yeah, and that's the, exactly what they're doing. They're playing uh, terrorism games because there's no science here.
1: Well, there isn't. Has there ever been a vaccine that has actually been studied in a controlled study with an independent party, large scale, with double-blind controls? Has Has there ever been one? No. People talk about the science of vaccines. They have no idea. There is no science. There's never actually been a valid scientific study of a vaccine.
0: No. And do we test, for instance, the IQs of unvaccinated kids versus that of vaccinated kids?
1: Oh, I so wish they would.
0: And how about how often they get sick? Anything like this? No, none of it's been done. And how about what happens to a child who's had all of these vaccines?
1: My favorite is is when you compare the rates of autism in unvaccinated versus vaccinated, whereas pretty much autism doesn't exist. Yeah. in the unvaccinated. It's virtually unheard of. Exactly. And in the regular population, I can't remember what the numbers are huge now. Yeah. Can you remember? I, I don't remember. When I heard it, I was blown away.
0: Well, I think last time I heard it, and I may not be up to date, I know it's constantly increasing. But it was one in 86 have autism now.
1: Greater than 1%. Yeah. Greater than
0: 1%. I mean, what sort of generation are we raising?
1: Well, that's just for autism, Sarah. That's not for the other mental and neurological breakdowns. That's just autism.
0: Uh And the physical conditions that these cause. Why are we having all these cancers that are appearing? Well, we're vaccinating our kids with, you know, 30 different
1: poisons. It used to be that children didn't get cancer. It's like the more intervention and help that the kids get, the younger they die.
0: I mean, I know that we've said this before, but this is the first generation where the kids are expected to live shorter lifespans than their parents. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's tragic.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't mean to go so off on a tangent, Sarah. I'm, I'm so sorry. I always do this with you, don't I? It's not I'm a fine. very, very bad man. There was something I wanted to say before we got back to the whole whooping cough thing.
2: Sure.
1: If you think it's bad now here in the States, just wait until we get the socialized medicine. Our high prices in medicine, these exorbitant rates and bills that come through whenever somebody goes to the doctor or hospital, here in the U.S., that's a blessing. People don't know that. Imagine what it's like when we go socialist, when it's all free for Americans. When every therapy and treatment is, well, seems to be free at least. You're paying for it in one way, but...
0: They've already paid for it. It's already
1: been paid for in a sense. Can you imagine the carnage? I mean, Americans are the most hypochondriac people in the world. We have the highest priced medicine, the most expensive medicine, that's supposedly the most state-of-the-art and scientific. That's what's claimed. And look at the carnage now with people barely able to afford it. that can just go to the doctor when they are desperate. Imagine when they aren't desperate anymore. Yeah. Imagine what the establishment is going to do when it's a free-for-all. The money is just flowing unlimited and every treatment is free. Sarah was telling me she grew up in England where they have their free socialized health system. It's not really free, of course. They actually end up paying more, but it appears to be free. You don't have to pay when you yeah, do You
0: pay know. through taxation.
1: You pay through taxes. And she, like, never went to a doctor. I mean, over there, you don't go to a doctor unless you need a doctor.
0: Yeah, so people don't just go to a doctor for a cold, generally, unless it's really bad. If you've got tonsillitis to the point that you're struggling to breathe, then you go, but...
1: When I was growing up, it was just the opposite for me and all my friends. Mm -hmm. I got a case of the sniffles, and my mom and all the other adults were just panicking. Oh my gosh, we've got to get him to the doctor! He's got the sniffles! Get him some drugs! Hurry! Looking back on it, I realize now how ridiculous it all was. Yeah. And the antibiotics don't even work most of the cases. They admit it doesn't work when it's viral. They -hmm. admit that. When it's bacterial, it doesn't either. Usually, most medicines work as immunosuppressants. So, when you notice yourself feeling better, well, you're just feeling better. It's like the stomach acid thing. You're treating the symptoms, you're suppressing the immune system, and you stay sicker longer. And next time you get sicker for longer, too. Because your immune system is weakened, and you have these compounds, these bioreactive compounds from molds and other nasty substances that they used to make the antibiotics from.
0: This is so far off topic, but I feel like I have to mention Yeah,
1: it. we're going to get back to whooping cough, right? whipping cough, right?
0: Eventually. Nowadays, they've gone on to say that most of these infections that we get aren't bacterial. They're viral, meaning mm-hmm. that the antibiotics didn't work. They admit it. They still don't work. They say the common cold, it's not bacterial at all. Oops. It's viral. Sorry. And why they're pushing this now and coming forward is because all the actual bacterial things, like, you know, strep throat, for instance, are becoming antibiotic resistant. So their antibiotics aren't working. Their biggest market is just disappearing before them. Mm-hmm. And eventually, if this keeps on, they'll have to, like, turn to something like, I don't know, silver?
1: That's part of the propaganda in the games, isn't it? Their so called science. They have to distract us away from the fact that their drugs aren't working or that they've ruined them. And without actually exposing the fact that their medicine has become, if you call it medicine, has become somewhat useless now.
0: Yes. What is humorous about it is the fact that they're admitting that technically it's been useless all this time.
1: They're not going to come out and spell that out, though.
0: No, they're yeah. not.
1: But They're going to hide behind science, that's what you want to call it.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, I guess we should get back to whooping cough.
1: Yeah, go ahead, Sarah.
0: I was reading that some California, let's call them scientists. Scientists? Yes, decided to look over the whooping cough data so they could put together something really scary-sounding, like yeah, all like unvaccinated kids get or dying. Got whooping cough. They're
1: all dying, aren't they? Yes, right, are right and left. Their lack of vaccinations?
0: Yes. And instead, they found the opposite. They found that, of those that they analyzed, 81% of those that got whooping cough were fully vaccinated and up-to-date with their vaccines.
1: The moral here, Sarah, is that the more whooping cough vaccine you get, the more likely you are to catch whooping cough.
0: Yeah, and it's just hilarious the rationalizations they make, but Mm -hmm. what they said was only 8% of those who got the whooping cough had not been vaccinated. 11% had been vaccinated once, but not not up to date. So so the more (laughs) shots you get, the more likely you are to get the whooping cough.
1: So the moral of the story here is, if you want to have some immunity against whooping cough and not catch it, don't take the vaccine.
0: Yeah, the vaccine that contains whooping cough, coincidentally.
1: Well, that happens a lot, doesn't it? Yes. They have these live attenuated viruses that don't actually die. They stay dormant in the body until just the right moment.
0: Yeah. I just thought to mention that because whooping cough has been this latest thing that they've been trying to... Terrorize? Terrorize people and beat people down over not vaccinating their kids, and it's evil. Mm -hmm. And it's totally unscientific. One quote here from one of the, I'm going to call them researchers. Scientists. Researchers, right. right. Scientists. Said, we started dissecting the data. What was very surprising was the majority of cases were in fully vaccinated children. That's what started catching our attention.
1: I bet it did. It would <laughs> catch my attention.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, it's been catching our attention for a long time, in fact. Uh, the fact that those who are vaccinated seem to get these... Diseases. Diseases, yes. yeah,
1: yeah. At a higher rate than the non-vaccinated community in which the disease is going through its natural die-offs. Because that's what happens with the diseases. It's not that they're cured by the vaccines. Epidemics go away on their own eventually. The general population essentially develops an immunity through exposure, even though the disease may not manifest itself fully in most people.
0: Yeah. It's like, in this case, either, best-case scenario, the vaccine isn't working, or the vaccine is causing it to happen more often.
1: Well, you compare eighty. 80 something to 8%, Sarah, it's pretty clear that it's not just not working, it's actually causing it.
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: The numbers don't lie. The marketing sometimes does, of course. And what you see on the news, sometimes a little less than completely honest. Just a little. This reminds me of chickenpox, the chickenpox vaccine, Sarah. And when you give the chickenpox vaccine, you're giving it to a person who may or may not have developed chickenpox in their lives. Mm -hmm. You don't know ahead of time, you're vaccinating them for it ahead of time but since you're giving them and i believe it's a live strain in chickenpox that means that that person will develop chickenpox later on or shingles later on you see before it was a, it might happen to him or it might not but once a person has chickenpox it never dies it goes dormant i think it's one of those diseases or those pathogens that hides in the spinal cord yeah forever. because it's
0: part of the herpes family of viruses and they mm-hmm. all do that they, and it they just live that forever
1: it doesn't die even the attenuated version of it, doesn't die. Mm-hmm. So you virtually guaranteed the person is going to be very sick at some point because of that. And I've heard that it's worse than the real thing. Mm-hmm. The, the strain they inject you in, once it stops being dormant and it comes out as either chickenpox or shingles, it's going to mess you up Yeah. because of that vaccine.
0: Well, Thomas, that's when you take the shingles vaccine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do they have a separate shingles one?
0: They do, and it's utterly ridiculous, since it's the shingles same is a manifestation of exactly the it's, same so, thing. That's an
1: excuse to give you the same vaccine twice. Yes. Because it's the same disease. Yes. With a different name. Yes. Ah, science, huh? Science, indeed. Science is great, isn't it?
0: <laughs> Please check us out and read our reports at the Healthwise Report website. You can find us on the internet at healthwise.org. Take special note that wise is spelt W-Y-Z-E. We spell it W-Y-Z-E to emphasise wisdom. We are a not-for-profit organisation, although we are not registered as a not-for-profit, non-profit, or any other classification with any governmental agency. Nevertheless, we are a non-profit organisation, so we're always needing donors to help us to continue our work. Whether it be the equipment for these radio shows, our website and network infrastructure, various fees for our movie productions, and of course, the occasional video game to help us maintain our sanity through it all. If you are someone who cannot donate, or who does not wish to, you can also support us by visiting our online store. That can also be found at healthwise.org, and again, WISE is spelt W-Y-Z-E. We have to be careful about what claims we make about our products, including claims that can be verified, because we know of at least one governmental agency that would like to shut us down. We can tell you that in our opinion, our colloidal copper lotion has qualities that cannot be found in any other lotion sold, anywhere else. So, if you have joint or skin problems of any kind, we recommend that you check out our lotion. The Healthwise support staff also offers hosting, networking, and technical support for anyone who wants to have their own website or assistance with internet technologies. Our technical skills place us among the best of the best. Thanks for listening to this. We'll go back to the show now.
1: Earlier we mentioned that apple cider vinegar can be very helpful for eliminating some of the symptoms of being acetic. Some people are going to find this hard to believe. We know because we've been through it. If you're ascetic all of the time, there's a certain feeling that goes along with that. And I'm not talking about heartburn and acid indigestion.
0: It's just like a feeling of just feeling bad overall.
1: Well, for me, what it feels like is anxiety. That tension you feel when you're anxious. And it's hard to describe. Those of you who have really done a good job of shifting your body pH, you know what I'm talking about. You can drink a Coca-Cola. <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, I'm not, I'm not recommending that people go out and buy Coke. But you could. It's like nothing that'll shift your pH faster than a Coke.
0: I can't think of anything that shifts the pH as fast as a soft drink because of the phosphoric acid and especially Coke.
1: Mm-hmm. Some people know, some don't. There is a feeling with being acidic, and most people feel that feeling so much, so often, so normally, that to them it feels normal. They don't know.
0: That they're feeling bad. That, that, that they're that's feeling not that way. That mm-hmm.
1: that feeling they get is not normal. We have a simple recipe made up of essentially just pure pineapple juice mixed with lemon juice. Well, I think it's really awesome because for me, pineapple juice is too sweet, lemon juice is too sour, but you mix them together and it's perfect. It's some wonderful sweet sour mix It's very drinkable. Mm-hmm. And both lemon and pineapple have a mineral makeup and a makeup of various acids and so forth that, when metabolized within the body, makes the body more alkaline. Even though they're
0: more acidic themselves.
1: Yeah, even though they're very acidic, especially the lemon. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But it's not whether you put an acid or a base or alkaline into your body. It doesn't really matter what it is initially. What matters is what it converts into during digestion
0: because the healthiest foods are the highest in minerals, and those minerals are alkaline, it's the healthiest foods that will shift your body towards being alkaline.
1: hmm You want to incorporate a good diet with it. What I'm saying is this works fast. You could eat healthy for a week and get yourself where you need to be, or you could drink this drink.
2: hmm
1: And then go from
0: there on the healthy diet. Yeah.
1: The drink that we're talking about basically is a turbo boost.
0: Get you on the right track quickly. It gets you on
1: the right track fast so you're feeling immediately better. I just want to mention that because we've had a bunch of phone calls recently and that was something somebody brought up. What else can I do? How can I speed things up and get myself where I need to be? Mm -hmm. And the diet is a slow process, but this will shift your pH rapidly.
0: Yeah, it's like you put eight ounces of pineapple juice in a glass and you squeeze in half a lemon. Mm -hmm. I mean, real lemon. Don't get this stuff from the store with sodium. And this goes
1: beyond just, you know, acid indigestion and other related issues. A lot of people out there, including people who have been listening to us for a long time, may assume that, well, we're not that big of a deal. We don't have that much of a reach or that much of an impact. We're a very small operation. And I can understand why people would assume that. Quite frankly, we are a very small operation. Me and Sarah do 99% of the HealthWise stuff, just me and her. Mm -hmm. We do most of it out of our home, in fact. We have found that, nevertheless... A lot of people like to listen to us, and I mean a lot of people. We have a much bigger reach than most people would suspect we do. We have the logs. We have our HealthWise server, which we'll call HealthWise Maine, out there in Internet land way off. Very, very powerful, very, very secure machine. We would be the envy of most banks and military organizations, in fact. And we get logs. You know, we we see who looks at us. We get the logs. And we get stuff from all over the place. We're talking everything from the Mayo Clinic to NASA. Tunes into the HealthWise Report. We've got a huge following at Liberty University. So, uh, shouts out to... Yeah, hey guys. Hey guys over at Liberty. But uh, Liberty is not the only university. We're all over the place. You people would be amazed out there how many med students tune in to us. And it's really funny. Now, the doctors hate us. But all you med students out there at your, med, you know, your medical schools, We know about you. We can see you in our logs. And you're all over the place. It's enough to give us a little bit of hope for the future. If you guys are tuning in to us, there's hope, isn't there, Sarah? There's a little bit of hope. It's kind of funny because it means that you guys still have open minds enough to listen to alternatives to consider them. I'm not going to go off on a tangent with the med students other than, guys, I hope you can keep up with your curiosity, your desire to learn more, to seek out alternatives, improvements, and you know all those great things that make you what you are right now that they're going to try to strip from you, that they're going to try to take away from you. Anyway, our audience is huge, more so than most people would believe. And we have a big impact.
0: Yeah, after our recent show about globalism and the globalists, now the World Trade Organization I said that the U.S. needs to change its labeling rules on the country of origin labels on meats. In our last show, we talked about how important it was, and is, to support civilized countries.
1: First world countries, republics, democracies, and so forth.
0: Yeah, and now... Christian countries. Yeah, and now the World Trade Organization is trying to mandate that we can't have labels, that we can't know exactly where meat comes from. So that that way...
1: We can't choose if we want to buy domestically.
0: Mm -hmm. In 2008, a law came into effect after a lot of protest that said we need to know where our meats come from and it has to be labeled on the package so people can choose. If it says it's made in China, people have a choice to say, no, I don't want to buy meats from China. I don't want to risk getting poisoned. And now that's going to change.
1: What's intended to do is to remove all accountability from the food supply so that we don't know, we can't track, and we can't choose based on origin anymore. Yeah, exactly. Which is interesting because after all of these big scares, like mad cow disease scare that went down, it was vitally important. Policies were based on country of origin.
0: Well, yeah, exactly.
1: And now we won't even be able to choose for ourselves, much less filter out... Poison meat from one country or another.
0: Exactly. It just throws kind of food safety out of the window in favor of this whole
1: globalization thing. Yeah. I just think we should probably heal on this North American Union thing briefly too.
0: Yeah. Which is the combination or the unification of Mexico and Canada and the United States into like this like the European Union. You have this central group which dictates what can happen in each of these countries
1: Yes, yeah. and people think this is crazy conspiracy stuff but in actuality this stuff is going on behind the scenes it's just not being reported the mm-hmm. agreements and the treaties are already being made and this can be verified
0: yeah i the, mean this are, can be looked up there certainly. are
1: already secret agreements well well they're not technically secret they're not like top secret where they're hidden but they're not being reported so they might as well be top secret agreements mm-hmm. the media From the three countries, in particular the U.S. media, has a blackout in place, essentially, that they will not report. I think it was Dobbs on CNN who first reported this in the actual normal media, big media, and then, like, within days, his career was over. He was gone.
0: Yeah. Should have known better, I
1: Yeah, like death threats. People were, like, shooting through his windows and stuff.
0: Most people just know about the European Union, mm-hmm. but there's also there's the South American Union, which has been fully established, and that you can look up. It's yeah,
1: it's in place, active yes. now. now
0: uh-huh. the only thing they're missing is the central currency, like mm-hmm. Europe. The discussions about central currency for the North American Union have already been discussed. And
1: yeah, and they're going to call it the Amero Yes. Thank you.
0: Right. This whole thing with the World Trade Organization saying how we can label our meats, I think it's about more than that. I think it's about setting a precedent in which the UN tells us this is what you're going to do and we do it regardless of what the people want. And I think it's trying to reinforce that in the minds of most Mm
1: people. Well, it it is all about the UN. It's about the one world government united under the so-called United Nations.
0: If people can't choose where their meats come from and they can't support their own industry, then to some degree all industries will collapse as people aren't able to support their own. Because we get our main funding, you know, for our own country from buying locally, or at least mm-hmm. in a local area.
1: Sarah, I don't know if you notice the pattern, and this is something that Bill Cooper brought up. I don't remember where you'd find this, but I, I do remember hearing this specifically. For there to be a united one-world government, a socialistic state, under the umbrella of one governmental organization, which is not legitimate, but which nonetheless is the governing organization... All of the lower-level countries, the third world, second world, I'm not sure how to put this nicely, the bowels of the world and the world's industry have to be lifted up to get them closer to being like us on our level. Conversely, at the same time, for this to work, for the world to be united under a single government and a single currency and for there not to be a lot of fighting, all of the esteemed first-world countries have to be drugged down to their level, close to where they're at, too. Yeah. So we're all alike. We're all serfs. We're all slaves. And nobody has any real ownership. Yeah. And we see it. Countries like China are being propped up. They've got all of our industry, all of our money. We're being drugged down. Our former government has to die. Our economy has to be destroyed. It's part of the plan.
0: In order for us to be willing to establish this whole new currency, well, they're going to have to drag the economy down so they can so that
1: s- ours is not worth anything.
0: Exactly. So that's their only choice. Why not merge with others and therefore well, actually get they, something they of an they economy? They did.
1: They decimated Europe. Yes. The banking clans over there who were part of this decimated Europe so that all of the wealthy countries were struggling.
0: Yeah. They caused this problem so that they could provide the great solution. The solution.
1: Yeah, that's the way it works. Mm-hmm. Canada and the U.S. are both being drugged down while Mexico is being foisted up. Yes. That's by design. Yeah. What they're going to do is they're going to get us to where we're begging to be paid in pesos. And at that point, switching to the Amero will seem like a very welcome idea.
0: On the specific label topic, I will say that I think it's incredible that there's any that feels that it's able to say you can't put something on a label.
1: They have the audacity.
0: Exactly. I mean, whether or not it's actually in law that they have to put it, the fact that they say that you can is just...
1: Yeah, it's like you're not allowed to tell people.
0: Exactly. And it reminds me of the whole thing on milk, you know, where it says that there's no growth hormones in this milk, mm-hmm. and they're required to put a notice underneath that says, this doesn't matter, don't listen.
1: Don't listen to them. The FDA, don't listen to them notice. Yes. And the, the growth hormone thing doesn't matter anyway.
0: It's disgusting.
1: It is. But if it doesn't matter, why are they so afraid of people knowing? Yeah. I mean, seriously, it's, why, why would they be afraid?
0: They know people, people know care. About?
1: Yeah, it's like the whole push to... Prevent us from knowing which foods are genetically engineered. It's
0: exactly like that. Mm-hmm. Because if people knew, they wouldn't buy them. Mm-hmm. And they know that.
1: No, it's not just a matter of they wouldn't buy them, Sarah. It's also a matter of if people could identify which foods were GE and which ones were not genetically engineered, they could study the effects long term.
0: Yes. And people would have the choice to opt out of being part of this big experiment.
1: Mm-hmm. The universities could go to the grocery store get everything they need for their study.
0: And that's the big thing. -hmm. That universities cannot study genetically engineered.
1: Not unless, not unless one of these genetic engineering companies made a deal with them and made them sign a non-disclosure agreement. That's the only way they could study it.
0: Exactly. One university after another has written to the press and told them, "We have this agreement with Monsanto, which is usually the greater offender, where we can have the seeds and we can study this thing, for instance, how much they grow, but we cannot study safety without violating this contract." And at that point. It's illegal for them to come forward. They've got all the laws all in their favor. I mean, heck, they've got one of the guys on the Supreme Court. that on the used US to work Supreme- for, Ma- yeah. for Monsanto.
1: On the, that's on the U.S. Supreme Court. They have a Monsanto guy. Yeah. It's incredible. People have no idea how bad the problem is with the GE. We started putting together a list, and I just don't even know what to say. I'm speechless.
0: You mean a list of the companies?
1: The companies involved. It's like every food company with over 100 employees is doing GE. They're doing genetically engineered foods and pushing them, without labeling, of course.
0: Well, the thing is, when we go to a grocery store, we see like 300 companies, when in actuality there's like 20.
1: Big pyramid, right? With exactly. Just a couple at the top that own all the other little companies.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So you think you've got all these different choices, and it's all it's, diverse. It, and it's
1: all just a dirty trick to convince us that we have choice.
0: Yes. Exactly. It's like with
1: the same thing with the media companies. If you trace them back, there's like three media companies there in uh-huh. the U.S. Yep. They control all media.
0: Uh, Like TV, newspapers, everything. And
1: by some strange coincidence, they report all the same things at the same time, which just happens to be coincidentally in line with the government's agenda.
2: Yeah.
1: Whether it's this war or that war, or these people are crazy conspiracies theorists, it doesn't matter. They all sort of agree. uh
0: Yep, push the same agenda. It's it's incredible.
1: Well, uh, Sarah, we've been going on for about an hour. I just noticed the time. So I guess we should probably wrap up pretty soon.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: Before we do, I'd like to tell everyone my favorite Borderlands quote. Okay. And that is, I may not have a med school degree, but when you're shot, you'll be glad I'm here. <laughs> well, what do you think, Sarah?
2: Yeah, sure.
1: We should have that on every episode of Borderlands Quote, shouldn't we? It's the because best game ever. It's the best video game ever. Yeah. All right. A- anyway. Anyway. Sarah, this is yours.
0: Well, I think we both hope that you guys enjoyed this show. If you did, come by our site, and we have a button at the very top that says Audio Archive, and you can listen to all of our shows there.
1: Yeah, there's lots. I mean, hours and hours and days and days of. Okay. Of us. It's like, how can you get enough Tom Coyer? That's the way I look at it.
0: Just what I was thinking. Uh
1: huh. I'm like Alex Jones. Remember, Alex Jones said in his early career, after interviewing Bill Cooper, that. Every show I do, and every new station that I get, I just get more and more humble, and and obviously it was true. As history has proved out, Alex just constantly gets more and more humble. He's it's like a it's going to be like this black hole of humbleness. Eventually, it's going to be so much humble there that all the other humbleness in the universe is going to be like sucked up into it. Anyway, maybe I should just let you go on, Sarah.
0: Yeah, maybe. What do you think? Well, our website is healthwise.org, and the wise is spelt W-Y-Z-E. We do that to emphasize the wisdom in your health care choices. So again, that's health, W-Y-Z-E, org.
1: Basically, we're health wise. You should be health wise too.
0: And there are a lot of different ways that you can support us. Of course, you can support us financially. We have a store. You can also donate. We certainly appreciate it when you can. And there are other ways too where you don't involve giving us any money.
1: I just wanted to say there's a lot people could do for us if they volunteered. I mean, like we need people to do, help us with edit work for, Upcoming articles. There's just lots of little chores we need help on that we could use the help if anybody wants to be a part of the HealthWise family, I guess you would say.
0: Yeah. Also, you can tell your friends and family about us. We don't have this big marketing staff. Yeah, I mean, we rely on you to, well, help your friends and your family.
1: And get the word out. And get
0: the word out, yeah.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Also, you can link to us in your email signature. You can put a link up to us on your website or your blog. All of that's very helpful. You can sign up to our mailing list. We have one. You can start discussions there or join in discussions. Mm -hmm.
1: And you can also be notified of any new shows we do or any other material we come up with, media.
0: Articles.
1: uh, The documentary that we're eventually going to get done.
0: Yeah, exactly. Also, you can call us. If you need to talk to someone, if you need help, we're always available. If you click Contact Us on our website, it's got a phone number there. We're always here. You can also send us a message. We're not like most people where you call and you get an answer machine and no one ever calls you back. We will actually probably answer the phone. And if we're not around, we'll give you a call back. Yeah.
1: Well, what's kind of funny, Sarah, is we've seen this pattern of people calling us at around 6 p.m. our time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then we answer and they're like, oh, 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 oh you, you picked up the phone. I, I wasn't expecting to. Why do people call us, not wanting them to talk to us?
0: Well, can you imagine calling one of these other big health sites?
1: Well, I, you know they don't answer the phone. Exactly. But what's funny is we actually do. and People are shocked. that we're, we're, we're for real. We're like human. We're here. We'll talk to you. What I find amazing is there's a certain group of people, a certain fraction of the people that contact us, but don't really want to talk to us. It's like yeah. they want to leave a hit-and-run type voicemail. I don't know. Maybe they're scared we're going to scream at them or something. I, I don't know. We're nice, believe it or not. Me and Sarah will be nice to you.
0: Yes. Un- unless
1: unless you're not nice. Then we're not then nice. Then
0: Thomas either. will be mean.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm the mean one. I'm vicious. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> All right, well I guess that's it. Well then Sarah, I guess it's toodaloo. loop. Yeah, bye then. Bye bye.